Hello and welcome to another episode of the Seeking Insights podcast. Today I'm joined by a very special guest. He's a PT in a local gym in West Cumbria, obviously where I'm from originally, and um, Adam Wilkinson. He's going to tell you all about himself because I'm really bad at intros, so these people might as well talk about themselves. Adam, nice to see you, buddy. How are you keeping? <laughs> and you, mate? Yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, good man. So... Tell people a little bit about yourself. What's the what's the score? Yeah, well, as you've said, Adam Wilkinson from Workington, Cumbria. So obviously you'll have a lot of listeners who will know where that is. But for anyone who doesn't know, it's a small town in northwest of England. Uh, you'll have obviously had a couple of guests mention it before as well. Um, myself, well, I've, I'm a shift worker. Uh, I've been doing that for quite a lot of years now, probably close to 15 years. Often train quite a lot. I've been into fitness for, I would say, since I'm maybe 15, 16 year old. Uh, I've always played football and sports and stuff, but actually started the gym around, yeah, 15, 16. And that was probably one of them things, just being at school around that age. You see people who are, you know, the, the fitter ones in the year, the better lads at sport. Um, you just you start hearing about people training. And you decide to go with a couple of mates to the gym. Uh, probably not really knowing what you're doing, but wandering around the gym, maybe doing like every machine in the, in the gym in one session. Ah, there's and five years huddled around a bench each doing two reps <laughs> each and dumbbells. I've been there, yeah, mate. I've been there. And that's how I suppose I got into it. And then obviously, as the years have gone by, uh, just starting to know what you're doing a bit more through trial and error and then actually learning things, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. Expanding that knowledge a little bit, trying to get a, almost like a bit more bang for your book, aren't you? Really, you're trying to push the boundaries of what you're what you're actually achieving with the amount of effort that you're putting in, getting that little bit mm. more efficient as time goes by. So shift work. I know we've literally just spoke about this before the uh, podcast started, but yeah. there's some big impacts on health right away. And obviously, um, I don't think you've actually mentioned that you're a PT there. But you're a PT, so we'll talk about that in a minute as well. Yeah. Obviously, that's why you're quite on new to this plug-in side of things. I suppose. Yeah. Um, but tell us a little bit about the shift work and the impact on sort of like health that you've seen from your own standpoint, um, or even on you know how you feel, mood, health, hunger, that kind of stuff. Mm. I, I mean, it's huge. Like uh, the shift pattern I do is obviously a lot of different shift patterns people can do, but the one personally I do two 12-hour days, then two 12-hour nights, and have four off in between. Now, if you explain to someone your shift pattern, the minute you say I do four on, four off for seven blocks and then I get 18 days off, the, the eyes light up. And I get where it comes from because it, sound, it does sound like you have heaps and heaps of time off. Now, besides the 18 off, like which you get five times a year, those four on, four off when you're doing your regular pattern, it is a slog to get through it, eh? So you never sort of, your body clock's all over the place. You never seem to be on like an exact time frame. You've never like sort of got that. Everyone else will be like, oh, it's eight o'clock at night. It's nine o'clock at night. I'm starting to wind down. Never sort of get that feeling in, ingrained into me, eh? Um, I suppose doing the night shifts, you're obviously getting up off the back of them. You're tired. You're not sleeping enough. And even the quality of sleep through the day, I, I find it's not it's not as good as when I'm like on my days off sleeping at normal times. Um, so that would be like a, a physical aspect of it. But I find as well as a huge mental thing to it as well. I mean, you've said there about I've started PT and like I'm obviously doing that now around my shift job. So I have like a lot more things to do on my days off. Now, sometimes getting up off night shift, I just find like, a massive brain fog there eh? and really struggle to focus and get stuff done. And it doesn't matter. I can have a huge list wrote out. Uh, I can have everything planned out to the letter of the law, but sometimes I might just not get up early enough. I'll feel like I, I can't get out of bed because I need to sleep a little bit longer. And so immediately you're sort of like running against yourself to try and catch up where you've maybe planned to be for that day. Eh? So it's a huge barrier, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that one that you just said there, that mental clarity, just I get that when I don't sleep enough and I don't do any sort of shifts. Like I get up at the same <laughs> yeah. time every single day and go to bed at the same time every single day. And if I haven't yeah. got a good night's sleep, like, you know, you've been up through the night or whatever, 
if I don't get a good night's sleep, I can sometimes feel that of a morning. So I can only imagine mm. what that's like coming out the back of completely flipping your circadian rhythm on its head and saying, well, actually, <laughs> when I'm normally asleep, I now want you to do work, eat, function as a normal human, and then when you're supposed to be doing all those things, yeah, we'll, we'll decide to sleep. Um, so I think that's a big yeah. one, isn't it? The impact. And there is, like, studies that prove this, that the impact of shift work does genuinely um, have a big impact on overall health and mood and function, even just that, that sleep deprivation. But we'll move yeah. into now, PT. And so tell us a little bit, how did you get into it? You know, what was the sort of the reason why? Yeah. How, did you, how did you really decide, actually, I, I really want to help people? Mm, well, to be honest, it, it came from training where I train now at Empire Sports Performance. With, uh, obviously, you've had Nathan on your podcast. Yeah, um, great gym, by the way, guys. If you haven't been, go and check it out. Uh, fantastic gym, yeah. lots of variety in there as well different personal trainers, people that specialise in different things, and obviously uh, boxing and um, there's some other bits and bobs, calisthenics and stuff like that. Calisthenics, yeah. Yeah, that word everyone forgets or forgets how to spell. <laughs> yeah. Or say, yeah, for so... example, like me, I, I don't know how to say <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's one of them. It's a great place. Like, there's just a really good feeling around the place. Uh, and so I started training there. Um, I was there. The, the gym sort of opened... I think it was the October time in 2019. So it wasn't open long before COVID sort of hit. Um, it was getting its its momentum building and everything. And then sort of obviously gyms were closed. So it got to a point where I was doing quite a lot in there. I was going to a lot of classes, doing my own training. Became very pally with Nath. Kind of knew Nath and Daz anyway. They lived on the same road as me growing up. So I already knew who the lads were. Knew they were good lads. And... Through going to the gym and, and, and doing a lot of the classes, it, you know, Nathan mentioned a few times, he was like, do you ever fancy doing any PT? Like, I'd, I'd have you on board, no problem. And my answer was always no, I never really had fancied it. And then fast forward again to COVID, uh, Nathan had the idea of a programme set up called Couch to Cali. So it was obviously a little spin on the whole Couch to 4K. The idea was to... Because there's always been... It seems there's always been quite a lot of people interested in calisthenics, which if anyone doesn't know is like high-level bodyweight training, stuff like human flags, muscle-ups, and all that kind of stuff. But it can be heavily regressed as well to learn that stuff. It's basically the way that I see it, because I've never really... I mean, I think I've maybe dabbled a little bit sort of by accident. Um, <clears throat> but you, you could describe it very much as sort of like gymnastics crossed with yeah, um, like bodyweight exercises... There's a phenomenal amount of body control around it. Um, and obviously, yeah. you're going to talk about a little bit more there, but there's obviously some huge benefits as well. Yeah, I mean, I so when I started going that gym, I, I started doing sort of functional fitness classes, little bits of my own training, and started looking at the calisthenics. And that was probably born from just watching the stuff on Instagram, if I'm honest, just seeing some of these things these guys could do. And I was just like... Fucking blown away. I was like, it, a lot of the things look cool as fuck as well that they're doing. So I started looking at doing that kind of stuff. Probably I was getting a bit bored with my own training, which was very sort of like standard structured gym training. I dabbled in different types of gym training, but I just wanted something new. I was getting a little bit bored with it, like I say. So I looked at that. Um, and you know, as soon as I started doing it, I was just like, this, for starters, this is just so fun. <laughs> it was like, it was actually going to the gym. It wasn't just like going through the motions anymore or just like, oh, I'll lift this, but I'll do it a different tempo or a different amount of reps. It was totally different. Uh, but as well, it was proper sobering. Like, I, I'd trained in gyms for years, say, with weights, and then you'd come to do some of these moves where you're not even lifting anything, just lifting your own body. And I, I would watch, say, Nath doing a demo or something, and I was like, I can get in that position then like, I can't even move myself once I'm in that position. So it was like, it brought you down to earth pretty fast, eh? Yeah. Which I really liked. Mm. Um, so I went off on a bit of a tangent there, but... Yeah, it's all right. This is what it's here for. Uh, <laughs> the re so the reason um, we, we created this program, this Couch to Cali, uh, so Nath sort of said, you know, they get a lot of people interested in it, but a bit apprehensive of starting calisthenics, probably because it's very niche. So 
the idea was, yeah, we'll create this program for beginners to get into calisthenics, build strength. Um, like I said, gyms were sort of open, then they weren't. So we created this Couch to Cali program and he says, he wanted us on board, basically. He says, what, what do you say? Do you fancy jumping in with us? And it was mainly for doing sort of things like the demos, filming a lot of the content, putting stuff out on social media. Uh, and I says, do you know what? I go on, I'll do it. I'll push myself out of my comfort zone. I, I did have this like Instagram account I'd set up in the background. It was kind of kept on the lowdown. I just sort of one day decided create a new Instagram account. And it was the same before I went to Empire. It was um it was mainly at the time just sort of posting food stuff. And I'll put like calories of this, macros of this, and little like inspirational bits and tips and that. But I was very sort of um kept it a bit secretive. I didn't want a lot of people to know. Just maybe thinking about that sort of small town mentality, I think. There's a mm. bit of that that um, stopped me sort of mentioning it to anyone. There was a few close people knew, but I didn't sort of throw it out there. So I, I sort of had gotten over time a bit more confident in it and putting more things and started to put little bits of myself on as I sort of started this calisthenics journey, I suppose. And then when Nate said that, asked me that, I just thought it kind of gives that page a reason to exist now as well. So I said, yeah, I'll go for it. And uh, long story short, really enjoyed doing it. Uh, really enjoyed like helping people out with it. And I thought, do you know what? I could do this. Eh? I, could, I, could, I could do this as a job. So I decided when um, it got to the next January to take my level three in PT course. Awesome. And I think there's a big thing to focus on there as well, because especially we've both been in the fitness industry i've seen what goes on in the fitness industry and the main reason you got into it right there was to help people so yeah across the lockdown when people had no direction gyms were open then they were closed like you said there was maybe there was a period of time where they were shut for about six months was it it was a mm. long time wasn't it It was five six months maybe and yeah. that that couch to cali program was to give people a bit of purpose was to give people something to aim for and it ultimately, it was to impact people. It wasn't for any other reason than that. So you got into the fitness industry simply to impact people and to help people out. And I think now that there's more and more coaches coming through that are trying to do that, we're seeing that the fitness industry is starting to change a little bit and we're getting this transition from away from purely, purely means to an end of coaching and now more pe people yeah. actually care about helping people achieve things that they weren't even sure they could maybe achieve. For example, yeah. calisthenics being one of them. Um, mm -hmm. And I also loved there how you said about the transition from typical um, gym training. I don't want to say bodybuilder training, but that type of just yeah. aiming for muscle growth, muscle building, to a bit more functionality. And I know we've spoke about this before, and it was actually one of the things that I wanted to talk about today, so that led into it perfectly. And I think it was Chris Williamson and the boys from Propane Fitness, Yusuf and Johnny, that coined this term. But it was the, the menopause, and it was the, the point right. where men change from aiming for purely aesthetics to a little bit more functionality. And I think you, you've really hit the nail on the head there where you start into that calisthenics journey and, you know, looking to get the most out of your body and very humbling. So out of the... What do you think was the biggest driver of that change mm. from training from purely aesthetic? Was it literally just getting involved and enjoying it or was there something else behind that? There's a few things, really. So, yeah, that was one element just... I noticed an enjoyment factor. I mean, that could predominantly have just been from doing something completely different. There's going to be an element of that anyway. But uh, do you know, I was doing quite a lot of strength training at the time. Uh, so I was really, I'd got really quite lean for a holiday, as people do. And then I come back and I was like, right, I want to start trying to really put some muscle on. So I was, uh, with the help of a PT at the time, I was, I was edging... I had like new programs and starting to learn a bit more and I was edging my calories up every so like each week, pretty much each, each fortnight, probably. Um, I got to a point where I was on like a really high amount of calories and I was still pretty lean. So like it, I was learning sort of that way, like how to push the boundaries of how to eat and stuff. And it was like to the point where I was on like 4,500 calories a day. Uh, so 
and lifting like really heavy for, for my kind of weight. But I, I just found like I would feel, I call it gym strong. I felt, I felt great in a gym on a bench under a barbell pressing God knows what kind of weight now um, for four or five reps. But then I found I was probably up like my upper echelon. So I would find out of the gym, I'll start like getting niggles and, uh, you know, I'd be at work, say, and like my shoulder would be sore just from, say, doing this kind of heavy training. And I just felt like it wasn't really what I was looking for anymore. I mean, I'm only, like, I'm never going to be one of these huge guys. And to be honest, I didn't want to be. I just wanted to see how sort of far I could push it. Uh, so I just thought, I'm not built that way. I thought, naturally, I, I sort of sit around a lighter weight. And I thought, it, I'm probably going to enjoy more doing some more functional training, which is gonna I'm going to feel better for, but I'm going to as well be able to do some cool shit with it as well, going along the way. Yeah, probably that was that was probably the biggest good. driver, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah that as well. ab- absolutely. Yeah. The the that transition, and as I say, um, the the guys that talked about it, Chris and the propane boys, they say it comes at sort of like late late twenties, early thirties, where yeah, quite a lot of men transition from training in a bodybuilding esque way to move into something like CrossFit to calisthenics to mm-hmm. some sort of more functional training, you know. And they say yeah. the exact same things that men are getting like bad backs, little niggles, <laughs> little bits, and they're like, I feel like I've got the body of a guy that's got another 20 years on what I've actually got. How do I not feel like this? And then it's a case of getting into stuff like CrossFit or getting out of almost them. I know, uh, I can't remember who says it, but like Lego man planes, where it's just like these same areas of motion you know up and down squat yeah. and, and and bench press and shoulder press and break and that sort of um them sort of patterns so with regard to you know this this functional more functional style of fitness that you do what because do you take your clients through that as well is that what you like to do with clients or right so so what i do when i get clients on board i'll i'll basically ask them what kind of training they like to do prefer uh, or if if they've never trained before, I'll basically say so. I I predominantly do two different ta- styles of training. So if somebody wants like uh, a gym based program, so I would, I would structure that now. How many days a week they can train, uh, and that would be if that was the sort of stuff they were going to do. It pre- predominantly would be like the main sort of lifts. You know, you'd have depending on the yeah. days. You maybe have a day where you're doing chest and. Uh, triceps for example or legs day that kind of stuff but uh, as well I give them the option I say I do do like a dysfunctional style of training as well so I explain that to them that it's basically I'll just structure the workout each time they come around what we're going to see most of the time full body so upper lower and core and it is more explaining all the movements there will be a lot of body weight stuff in there but we do as well throw you know in there like kettlebells or the odd dumbbell and the idea is you maybe have nine to 12 exercises something on the board and you just you're going through them one after the other with with rest periods at the end so the the idea is you're still going to build strength in those positions and using weights and stuff but as well there's sort of that um there's that cardio element to it as well to, to sort of build fitness as such um and i find because i find as well that these a few clients I've got who enjoy that style of training when I've when I've touched on it with them. So yeah, it's just giving them that option really. Um, yeah. And it, again, where you're talking about movements, the, the plane of movements. Um, again, I, I think it's good to have that option of, of if you want to be able to train as like a full spectrum as such, like training all different kinds of movements. Whereas yeah, not not that typically what I was saying earlier that gym strong. Yeah, absolutely, and being able to move in patterns and sort of, I think it all goes back to what we said earlier, that preventative injury as well. If you know that you can Mm. move in different patterns, you can lift things up and move them from A to B in potentially directions that you wouldn't normally. You move from A to B. Um, Obviously, I've seen some of the workouts and stuff that you put online, that you put on your Instagram page, um, and they are all... There's a good variety in there. People are going to get a mix of strength and the 
more conditioning side of things. And yeah. I think that links in really nicely now to where, from your experience of working with people so far, what realistically is the importance of health when it comes to, because we can look at health from a multifaceted approach, can't we? And obviously that sort of um, pain-free movement and um, I don't want to say agility, but, you know, mobility, that that kind of thing, as well as strength building and conditioning. What have you sort of gathered from working so far? Because obviously you've, you've been a, a level three PT for now. You're, you're working with clients um, out of Empire. So what have sort of your experience so far been with that? Um, I think, I mean, the importance of health, you've said there, like, obviously you get people who come through the door who've not trained, maybe not trained ever or not trained for 15 years. You get people saying and they get stuck in a rut, you know, that they just can't be bothered to, to get going. They find it hard. You know, it's that, that mental aspect of actually, it's a huge thing to then start training again. So I think it's important, firstly, just to sort of make them feel at ease with the place. I always say, to anyone starting, if they've never been in Empire, I'll say, come down and have a look and show you around, see what you think. Uh, and just sort of, you know, a, a very sort of chilled approach to it and explain where things are. Um, and then, you know, just again, touch on what I was just saying, that last question, the different types of things I do. Uh, and, and basically just go from there. I mean, there's obviously we know that the benefits of training um, as a physical aspect, but obviously there's that mental side of it. And I think from from starting to train clients, I mean, it, I've found it, it huge. It's been like a huge boost to me in just watching people's response to when you get them in a the gym, just seeing how chuffed they are with themselves that they've lifted X amount of weight or they've performed. Just things like, say, say things like what we were just talking about there with the functionality side of it. So things like box jumps, say, you get a lot of people with a huge... Uh, mental block I can't jump on that box can't do these box jumps and just showing them that you can you can train our movement using a slightly lower height you know step ups and just to get that confidence in doing it to then gradually progress into being able to jump on a box and seeing people when they they get that jump on a box uh, or I had one a client this week who did some tyre flips we never we never looked at doing a tyre flip before and as soon as I mentioned they were in there they were just like Said they couldn't do. It. I can't. I can't do that. And just well, we'll go and have a go. So we had to go up flipping this tire, and just like it, the, the look on the face eh, of a client when they realise it's something that they thought they couldn't do, that's that's a huge. I would say that's the biggest win for me in watching people progress that way, as well as obviously that you know the people who want to lose weight and seeing the progress with that as well. I think that that you've covered on there from a from a mindset perspective because I know you're you're like looking and asking questions and you've got a good level of self-awareness because obviously i've spoke to you a lot before um yeah and discussing that there right away where you're saying you know actually getting into a gym location and lifting something that you didn't think you could lift or doing an exercise like a box jump or even down to like a press up where you didn't yeah. think you could do it and you actually can and pushing that comfort zone a little bit that's what builds confidence that's what builds that little element of self-belief that so many people feel like they're missing and they just don't know how to get it. And something as simple as going to a gym, speaking to someone, getting some guidance can literally help that that then spills over into other areas of life. Yeah, and this definitely. is where training is no longer just a physical health thing. That's where it becomes... The, the mental, the mindset side of stuff, that's where it spills over mm -hmm. into other areas of life. And people come, you, you, you'll have seen it yourself, people come to a gym and they leave a different person. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and and that's oh. mega, the impact that that can have. So from a mindset, because we're, we're going to move on to something that you've done recently. Well, actually, we'll talk a little bit about overall mindset, sort of motivation, mm -hmm. So what's your sort of ideas around motivation and getting started? Do you know what I mean? Like what what would you say to someone who's sitting there thinking, right, I, I need some motivation? It's funny you should ask because I've literally just, well, I haven't got it posted, but I've, I sorted a post out last night um, 
I was trying to post it this morning, but Instagram was being a bit of a bitch. It wouldn't let us post it. It was saying um, In- Instagram, something I'll- about... As a side note, Instagram has my life on a daily basis. You know when you're doing <laughs> captions? You wait, you're yeah. on your story, and I'll put my story on, and it'll say, oh, no captions available. And I'm like, oh, spot on. So I've just recorded a four-story little video, no captions. Then go to the next yeah. video, and it'll let us do captions. Like, oh, yeah. It lets you do on. it. Yeah. Or usually it just it just gets all the words wrong, especially with this thick, horrible Cumbrian accent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know but, that. But, yeah, I mean... Um, yeah, it was, it was saying something about the signal. It was, uh, we'll post it when we've got a better signal. I was like, all right, I'll just hold tight then. But the post was, um, it was called What Is Your Why? And it was, uh, it was it was about me and my son, basically. It was about how my reasons for sort of training and, and pushing myself have changed over the years. And there's a bit in the post about if you were struggling to sort of get started or to, to almost keep going, to, to look at maybe what your drive is for wanting to go to the gym. So rather than just thinking, I need to start the gym, it was like, why do I need to start the gym? So to, to think, so I'm, I'm, I don't want to start the gym because I want to lose X amount of weight. Do I want to start the gym because I want to build, start to build a bit more muscle? Do I want to start the gym because I just want to be around more better like-minded people who are going to push me and raise me to a, a different level. Because you know what it's like. You, I've used the phrase before about positivity being contagious, but also negativity being contagious. Now, that, that's so true. If you hang around with sort of the, the wrong people or people who are just always moaning and complaining about stuff, you know, that, that shit's poison. Like, that gets into you. So I think trying to find that reason, really, for, for why do you want to to start the gym why or it might not even be a gym it could be a running club why do you want to start yeah simple as that absolutely that why and you mentioned there about um setting an example for your son and i Mm -hmm. think you know yourself that why is so powerful like that is because that's now deep rooted in your family do you know what i mean that's that's your son so Mm -hmm. this this is this is again with people like I get a lot of people that they say to me, "Oh, you know, I, I, I want to drop. I want to drop some. I want to lose some weight. Why do you want to lose some weight? Oh, well, I just do. No, why do you want to lose some weight? And when you yeah. start digging into that reason why, they're like, "Oh, well, actually, I go. Uh, my my son, my son, my daughter, my dog is running about, and I get out of breath when I'm doing it, and I don't want to feel <laughs> like that. Or, or I'm going on older soon, and I want to feel confident. And it's like, right, so yeah. you don't want to drop weight. You want to feel confident." And it, it, as you say right there, it's about drilling down on that why. And you've just covered it. Getting someone to transition from potentially going into a gym, not being able to do any exercise like box jump or press up or pull up or anything like that, and then transition to the stage where they can. That genuinely builds confidence. And that deep-rooted reason why of you saying, actually, I'm doing this to set a really good example for my son. I want to be fit. I want to be healthy. I want to be able to keep up and do things with him and be around for longer that's yeah. a really powerful why. So for anyone out there listening that's sitting there thinking, you know what, actually, I, I exactly like what Adam's just said, you know, actually, I'm, I'm thinking about maybe I, I want to get to a gym or join a sport or do some sort of physical activity, digging down on that why and saying, actually, what is the real deep-rooted reason why I want to do this can make all the difference and, and reduce that barrier to entry almost. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, ab- absolutely. So on that note, Let's talk about month of Murph, because <laughs> if any of you's well, I'll let Adam explain. But Murph is a workout, right? And I'm not gonna lie, the workout in itself, when he tells you, you'll be like, oh, if you don't know what Murph is, you'll be like, that sounds, <laughs> sounds quite hard. Yeah, it sounds well, pretty brutal. This, this lad did it every day for a month. So tell us a little bit about month of Murph. <laughs> talk a little bit about what you learned from that and what you took away from it, because I'm imagining there's a big learning experience, and obviously you raised a load of money for charity as well along the way. Yeah, so as Stu says there, the Murph it's it's a workout which is it's named after a fallen soldier, uh, Michael Murphy. So it's it's basically it's a mile run, 100 pull-ups, 200 press-ups. 300 squats and then a mile run to finish, all of which you're carrying a 10 kilo vest on. So we, well, I say we, Nath 
again, again, he'd come up with an idea of doing uh, a month's worth of these murphs for charity. Um, like I think, because, I mean, I'm, I'm not hugely clued up on the CrossFit community and, and stuff, but I, from what I gather, I think they sort of do it mainly on the anniversary, like a hero, what do they call them, on like an anniversary of when the the, short, the soldier had died. So there'd be a few different ones. Um, we just happened to decide to have a go at this Murph and then started doing a few of them every once in a while. And yeah, come up with this idea, this challenge. So yeah, the, the idea was to do one every day throughout September. Uh, and there was five of us done it. So it was, I mean, the, it is a tough workout. But it's one of them. It, it got to the point where you sort of you're getting them movements ingrained in your head. Just you know, pull ups, press ups, squats, pull ups, press ups, squats. Going through set after set after set. We were doing it in a format that you do like thirty three of those sets of them before you got the reps in. Uh, and do you know we, we we said at the start of the podcast about the shift work and stuff. Sometimes just. I could have had a, a real rough 12 hours and I just knew I was like, I'm, there's no, there's no like option to, to, to say, I'm not going to do it. I've got to go in there and I've got to go and do it. So the discipline wise that it, it brought for that was enormous. Um, I did a few where I got up in the morning to do one before a 12 hour day shift. And I've got to be at work for like, well, 20 to six really. So, I mean, to get up and get prepared, get a coffee, get the Murph in, which takes roughly an hour if you're sort of doing it at a, a, a normal pace uh, and then get a shower before work. You know, I'm up at like half three, quarter to four to get one of these workouts done. And like, you could have the earliest riser in the world. There's probably not a, a lot of people wanting to get up at that time to go and do a workout. So it, again, massive discipline that way. Uh, but as well, do you know what the best thing I found about it was? Just uh the camaraderie that we got from doing it, all five of us there, there was just such a, a buzz about we're all in this together type of thing. It's like we're in a, obviously a WhatsApp group for it and, you know, there's days where someone might have struggled or I'm really not feeling it today. But what a difference. It just shows having like a support group around just to like egg each other on and, and you know, congratulate each other, I suppose, almost when you'd we'd hit like big... Um, big landmarks yeah like oh that's that's a full week of them in or oh, what the double figures now that's 10 of them in and then you know like, oh, last week left it was it was brilliant eh? it was such an experience and like you say raised a lot of money for charity we raised over three thousand pounds for um carlisle mind mental health charity so it was a well worthy cause and yeah amazing experience mate yeah and i think there's a couple of things i actually want to touch on there because Obviously, there was the discipline side of things where you had an, an extreme level, sort of, of accountability because it was for a charity. So you're mm -hmm. not just... let If you didn't do that workout, you weren't just letting yourself down. You weren't just letting the other four lads down. It was the charity. Do you know what I mean? That was that was a big one, wasn't it? Yeah, it, was, it, right. was, it was the mm -hmm. charity. So the other thing is, as well, out the back of that, you were saying a little bit about like shared suffering and <laughs> yeah that that is genuinely a, a sort of like a mindset technique to understand that you're not going through this alone there is a lot of other mm -hmm. people out there if you think about obviously the the murph slightly different kettle of fish the month of murph i've never really heard of anyone else doing that um but no matter what you're going <clears> through right now in your life the amount of people that are on the planet the amount of people that have been on the planet in the past the chances that no one else has ever been through something similar to what you're going through is really bloody low. So this is where yeah. you can sort of like cast that gaze a little bit wider and say, well, actually, there's maybe something, someone else going through something that I'm going through right now. And that makes it a little bit easier to process or it can make it a little bit easier to process for some people. And, and you described it perfectly in that little group there, that support community, that group of mm -hmm. people where, you know, you come together. And I think this is really a good point to link into actually, you've got a really good community of clients. You all, did you do something at Christmas? Um, you had like a little meet up? Yeah, uh, it's funny because I just randomly thought when I was explaining that last bit there and I mentioned the WhatsApp group, I randomly popped in my head about the PT WhatsApp group. So obviously I've got like a PT 
WhatsApp group of clients. Um, and it, it's handy for sort of booking sessions. I'll put a link in, uh, things like that. But yeah, um, one of the lasses have popped in the group shortly before Christmas. We should have like a, a night out, go for some food and some drinks. And uh, it's one of them. I think we've got like, there's 10 of us in the group. We managed to get like eight, a date where it suited eight of us. Um, you know, obviously everyone's got... Um, other plans. things going on around Christmas yeah but yeah it just felt amazing eh, to get like eight of us out there together this little I just thought I'm almost building a little community here with these people that something that yeah 12 months ago I'd have never even thought of doing dreamed of and 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 again right yeah. down there human connection it matters mm-hmm. so much and people do not understand the, obviously, the, the day and age that we're going into where human connections becoming a fewer and further in between it is so important for our physical health, our mental health, our emotional health, social health. Like, yeah, it is mega. And obviously, you're building that. And then you had it with the month of Murph. So the next challenge. Oof, yeah, it's a biggie, this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So- Nathan the, told uh, us about you, and I was like, uh, I, like, oh, I got, so, you know, that little nervous belly. Like, yeah. I got a little nervous belly for you. It's it's funny that, because there's been a few people ask about it now, so we're doing a one in April, the 8th of April, we're doing a Murph versus Goggins, David Goggins challenge. So if, I've obviously explained what the Murph is. If anyone doesn't know David Goggins, is go and check his stuff out, he's... He's a pretty out there individual. Yeah, um, go and read his He's book. all about... Can't hurt me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, listen to the audio book of it, actually. Um, it's Someone got like a... Yeah, so I listened to it on Audible, and it's got like a different narrator for the, each... Well, sorry, it's got a narrator for each chapter. But then after the chapter finishes, Goggins himself talks to the narrator about that chapter. So like a mini podcast at the end of each chapter, which is really good. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. Uh, Definitely worth uh, listening to or reading I'll for have anyone to do that myself. Yeah, it's good. It's a different take on it, especially if you've read it, Stu. Um, so, yeah, Goggins did this challenge himself, just called the David Goggins Challenge, I think, which was, um, he called it 4 by 4 by 48 and that was to run four miles every four hours for 48 hours. So a couple of the, I think three of the month of Murph lads actually did that Goggins challenge uh, earlier in the year before we looked at doing the month of Murph. So we've got this idea of the Murph versus Goggins and, and being you would replace the four-mile run with a Murph. <laughs> so you would do a Murph workout every four hours for 48 hours. So it's it's just two days. So I keep telling myself, just two <laughs> days, just two days. But you're going to do like 12 Murphs in two days. Um, as well, so... <laughs> just, to, just to interrupt there, Adam. No, that's you, fine. You yeah. said yourself, you know, a Murph four miles swap. People can run four miles if they trained in thirty to forty-five sort of minutes. Do you know that sort of yeah. time? Whereas the Murph takes mm-hmm. an hour, so you've instantly lost fifteen minutes every four hours off your recovery time compared to the runners. I, uh, I mean, <laughs> I didn't want to. I didn't really want to push that point across right yet because you're for the challenge. Well, just for the listeners no, out there, um, that is obviously 12, 12 Murphs, was it? Twelve Murphs, yeah, in forty-eight hours. And I mean, I, I say they take an hour. So during September, um, I knew there was, I knew I was going to do some fast ones because I'm I'm ultra competitive. Eh? So there's, I got to a point where. I even Googled what the world record fastest Murph time was, <laughs> uh, which which was um, 30. Uh, what was it? Oh, I can't remember off the top of my head. It was something like 30, it was either 34 minutes something or 32 minutes something. So there was. I decided I was going to have a go at that. Um, and I did get, there was one day I'd gone to do one after a 12-hour shift. And I just, you know, sometimes when you go in the gym and you just know for a fact you're going to absolutely smash that session. I was in that mood. Yeah? I was just like, I'm really feeling this today. So I got some, put my earphones in, started listening to like even more inspirational shit. And I went in there and I'd done a really fast one. And I was only about three minutes off that world record time. So I was like, I just thought, I, I've just done that after work. I was like, 
I'm I'm going to beat that timer. So, um, I did actually beat this this world record time on Google. Obviously, it's it's not an official bloody world record, is it? Because I've not had someone there watching my reps and all this carry on. Yeah, but actually, when you read up on that guy's time, he got a load of shit about it. Eh? Um, there was people saying he'd missed a squat out here and there, and he'd. Uh, he wasn't going as low on some of the things. And his response was actually really quite good. He said, um, if you're going to sit there and bitch about an achievement that somebody's taken on board, uh, he says, it says a lot about yourself. He says, we're not heart surgeons trying to save people's lives. We're just athletes trying to have a good time and enjoy ourselves. And I thought that was brilliant. Eh? Yeah. So uh, anyway, so Nath done the same. Nath got it. Um, I think I beat that. One on Google by 20 seconds. I think Nath took at least a minute off it. Eh? So we, you can do them in a fast time, um, but it's that thing of we were doing one a day so that there's ample recovery time and opportunity to recover and rest. And this time round, we're going to be sleep deprived. We're going to be doing 12 in two days. The potential is that they're just going to get slower. <laughs> there's going to be no fast ones getting done here. So yeah, yeah, if you were to use a ballpark figure of an hour for a Murph, um, I mean, yeah, you've not got a lot of rest time in between. Probably lucky if you've got two hours once you've got a wash, got changed, had a bite to eat, prepared for the next one. So I, it's, it's going to be mad, to be honest. <laughs> well, this is the thing as well. Like, if people haven't realised up until this point, four hours every hour for 48 hours literally means exactly that. Like, there is no sleep. It is literally 48 hours of just constant going along every four hours and i can also i can almost imagine that as you get closer towards the end the um getting changed and showering part might drop off <laughs> that might not be as important yeah uh, we've actually said to be honest um about getting some beds set up in the gym <laughs> just to try and get a quick hour yeah so i think what we might do is I might have like a pack of wipes there and literally just finish a mirth, have a quick wipe down, change, and then jump into the jump into the shower, uh, jump into a sleeping bag or something, and just try and get as much rest as possible. Yeah, because that, as you say, it's going to be that that recovery that's going to be the um, going to be the big one. But again, you're doing it for charity, aren't you? That's it, mate. Yeah, and um, we, you know, we we got a lot of interest in September, and I think that pushed us along a lot as well. So. You know, I'm hoping that's going to be a case again. Just it's a quick, short, sharp 48 hours, and hopefully, you know, it's it's going to be one of them things that there'll be, you know, folk will be egging us on and giving us some words of inspiration. So I'm sure that'll be the case. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll be sharing the posts and stuff on my social media when it gets close to the time. Um, you know, that obviously, when you understand the sheer mental level that that challenge is and how hard that is like I, I will encourage anyone on this podcast to go and do a single murph workout even without the 10 kilo vest you know yeah. you're talking a mile 100 pull-ups 200 push-ups and 300 squats and then another mile do that mm. and then imagine that you're also carrying 10 kilos on your body and then imagine doing 12 of them <laughs> in two days just you yeah, no worries, sorry, mate. Um, <laughs> but genuinely, that is a mental challenge. What, does it, what did you say it worked out as? Was it like 24 miles? Yeah, it's 24 miles. Um, T- 24 miles, 1,200 pull-ups. 24 yeah, 1,200 pull-ups, 2,400 press-ups, and 3,600 squats, squats, I think. Yeah, in 48 hours. Um, so, yeah. yeah, madness, basically. So keep your everyone that's listening, keep your eyes peeled for that one and donate to a very worthy cause. Are you donating to the same charity, was it? No, so it hasn't been announced, but I think we're doing it for uh, Macmillan this year, the, uh, this challenge for Macmillan Cancer Charity. Another absolutely fantastic cause. So keep yeah. your eyes peeled for that one, guys. And I think we'll we'll move away from that challenge now because obviously that's i don't think there's any way realistically that we're going to top what we've said about that because it is just no. pure mental yeah but let's move into something now and i i put this question to you and i i did make sure i give you a little bit of time to think about this and it'll come to a little bit of mindset and what has been the most important or impactful event in your life and why did that matter you know i would i would struggle to see past 
having my son there has been the, the biggest thing, which again, I, I touched on sort of earlier with regards to that post. Um, obviously for a, a huge amount of reasons, which I could go on forever about it, to be honest. It was one of them sort of, once you're over the, the sort of, the initial bit where you sort of almost scared, you're like, oh my God, I'm going to have to, I'm going to bring like a little person into the world. <laughs> um, yeah, it just, it just completely changed sort of the way you view stuff and think about things, I think. Um, you know, probably any, many people who've got children, I'm sure would say the same. Um, just as a, from the side of sort of like setting an example, um, even even sort of viewing things differently, I can remember watching films that I've watched like beforehand and and them getting me completely different. Like for example, here's one, Man on Fire, great film. I can remember yeah, watching cool. it and 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 thinking, yeah, brilliant film. That I can remember watching it after having a child and being like cut up at the end when the the little girls hugging. Um, you call Creasy, isn't he, or something? Um, yeah, Creasy, the, the, Denzel Washington. Uh, yeah. Uh, 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 crying her eyes out when he's going to walk over and let them take him, the, the kidnappers. And I was like, you know, just seeing like a little child there <laughs> crying and stuff. And I, was I got like, you. Oh, man, it, like, like different things were getting me that way. So I, I would say definitely having a son has been a, a huge impact, yeah. Yeah, no, that that's mega. Record. Obviously, I, I don't have children myself, but I can only imagine what that's like. Um, yeah. So what's... what? What's next? What what's your next? Obviously, apart from Murph v Goggin, which, which is going to pretty much dominate between now and um, the April April the eighth, I think you said. Um, yeah. What's sort of like the next steps? What you're looking to achieve? What are the, what are the big things? What's the next thing for Adam? Um, I mean, I've got with my PT. I just want to keep sort of learning, um, and, and probably I probably. To be honest, I probably need to get a bit more, I don't know if organised is the right word, but I probably need a bit more sort of structure in where I'm taking it. I've got some ideas because I'm obviously governed by how much time I can physically spend with people, working it around, obviously, my, my, my job, my main job. So um, probably looking at nailing down some sort of getting more solidified routines and structure into when I'm a post and stuff, what what am I what am I doing this week? Um and then yeah, looking where I take that, whether that becomes an online thing. I've got again, I've got a few ideas. I've I've got one in particular which I won't go into, but it's quite a niche thing, which I think could be could be a good thing to look at. So that will, will be something I'm looking to to focus on. Yeah, no, um but the training wise, obviously like you said there, the till April that'll be pretty dominated by the challenge, but I do find going forward now that I, I think I need that sort of that challenge element to things to to keep me as inspired to to train to a certain level. Now I've sort of I think I've trained for that many years that I, I can happily sort of maintain things, but to get that real buzz and fire about it, I do like that sort of really tough thing to attempt. Her. Yeah, that's so when, whether I don't know what that'll end up being after this, and, we'll, we'll see. And I think that's another thing as well, isn't it? Like, obviously, Paul Mort says you need to be pulled by inspiration as opposed mm. to pushed by motivation, and you're doing exactly that. You've set a challenge that's a little bit scary, and by a little bit, for me, it's absolutely terrifying, but you're obviously uh, a lot more into that <laughs> fitness-wise and also a hell of a lot fitter than I am. So that, that sort of... Um, that change, that 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 challenge, that little bit of like pushing yourself is realistically what what keeps you going, which keeps you ticking over. Um, so, as you say, the next challenge, God knows what that's going to be. <laughs> well, the, do you the know boundaries um, are just going to keep getting pushed? Oh God, I know. There's, there has been another one mentioned more um, along the lines of climbing a mountain type thing. But um, the, <laughs> nice. what I found, what I found as well. Uh, after the September one we've done, do you know, this, this is quite interesting, never mentioned this earlier. Um, it was it was funny that because we've done 30 days of it, and that was literally the focus every day, your, your day was governed around when am I doing that, when am I doing that workout, when am I doing that Murph. Once that was finished, come 30th September, it was almost like it dropped off the face of a cliff. Like, I, I sort of, to have that 
ingrained in you for 30 days and that focus. And then you were sort of like, what now? It was it was really strange. And I think a few of talking to a few of the other lads, they experienced it as well. It was almost like a hangover from it, huh? Um, like not having that that thing there anymore. So I think that as well as probably I think since we've mentioned doing another one, another challenge, I think we've all perked up a bit, eh? Yeah, uh, this is this is a genuine thing with Olympic athletes as well, isn't it? Um, obviously, all the whole four years. Thing. Yeah, the four years thing. I can't remember the the, the user. Did you mention this on what a it is. previous podcast? Maybe. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I've heard I, this. Yeah, no, I think Chris potentially Chris Williamson's talked about it before. Basically, they spend four years of their life training, eating, sleeping, following this routine for this one day. Mm. Or this one hmm. event that they're competing in, and then when they get back, they're just like, "Oh, that's yeah, it over." That's it. <laughs> and, and they get like post-Olympic blues almost. And, and yeah, there's, can, there's people who oh, come away from the Olympics and they're depressed. They've got no because yeah. vi- because they've lost, they've they haven't got sight on where they want to be anymore. Mm, I can totally imagine that being the case. I mean, say we did it for a month. I mean, four years worth. Christ, like. I mean, especially imagine if, if that's the case and then it's your last Olympics, you haven't got another to focus on for, you know, the next four years. It, it must be it must be mad, a mad experience to yeah, be at that I level. Know, I know Niall Wilson, he was a gymnast, Olympic-level gymnast, and I know mm. he did a lot of work on, like, YouTube um, and that kind of thing, explaining what he went through when... Because he got injured. Right. He had quite a bad injury, and he went through periods of depression and, like ridiculous gambling and drinking and completely lost mm. his way and he's doing a youtube series out the back of it to explain sort of what he went through um oh, and obviously that. that post that almost like that post olympic dip and mm. I, I i think um ross edgley covers it as well after he did his his round the uk swim it was very yeah. much uh like oh it's mm. over Mm. Um, that's so, that's that's your like vice, isn't it? That, 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 if you want to call it that, it's your yeah. it's your buzz. Every time you've done that that session or or the training for whatever this big thing is at the end of it, I mean that's gone. It, it, it like it needs replaced with something like like say there that gymnastics. Obviously, even got to the point where he's been looking at gambling and stuff to, to try and fill that void. It's, yeah, he's mad, really. The the the. the... As you say, once the vision's gone, once the the inspiration that pulled you along so hard, once that's gone, and this is where, mm-hmm. you know, we potentially see this, well, we do see this in clients ourselves. You mentioned earlier on about someone being in a rut and struggling, and, and it is that loss of inspiration, you know, that, that reason why to turn up to the gym or that reason why to get into fitness. They maybe don't quite know what that is yet. And then the second that they find that again and they've got something to aim towards, they've got a goal, they've got a vision of where they want to be, all of a sudden you, you get that fire in your belly and, and turning up and doing the things daily that necessarily that you don't want to do, that discipline becomes a hell of a lot easier because you know why you're doing it. You've got that bigger vision. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's um, uh, you could probably relate it as well a little bit. You're saying there about clients... Uh, you see it quite a lot, like with people who sort of up and down in shape and getting in real good shape for holidays. Like a typical sort of, I've probably done it myself. Like lads' holidays, getting real good shape, going away with lads or whatever, and then whenever they come back, it's just that drive isn't there anymore. It's gone until they get something else booked. Yeah, <laughs> it's, 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 I've, it's very I've similar. Done it, I've done it myself. I've done it yeah. myself. I know exactly what that there. feels like. Um, <clears throat> so, number one tip. For someone that's listening to this podcast right now that is thinking, right, you know what, actually, I'm considering getting into fitness, I want to do sport, exercise, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of getting started, I want to start prioritising my health, I've had a little think about yeah. my why and I'm thinking, you know, maybe maybe, maybe fitness, health, the mental health aspects and, and the benefits there, the physical health aspects, potentially the community aspects that, you know, someone like yourself is building. What's the number yeah. one tip? For them to get started, I would say to you need to. We've said about the why, but you need to as well find what it is, what it is you want to do. I think because there's no use starting if 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 the typical gym training, for example, was totally not your thing and you've never been interested in it. 
and you, you've done a couple of, say you go and you touch on it and you do a couple of sessions in the gym and you just can't, it's just, there's something there and you just think it isn't what I'm looking for. Try a few other things. If that is a running club, if that is CrossFit, if that, you know, there's a numerous amounts of things out there. Try and find that one thing. I think that you, as soon as you turn up to it, you, you instantly switch into that mode and you're just like, yeah, I want to be here. I want, this is what I want to do. For the next hour, this is where my focus is. And I'm going to get the most out of this hour. I think that because we all know it, the words banded everywhere about um, sustainability and stuff. If if you hate it going in every time, you're never going to sustain that for a, enough of time to get as, enough benefit out of it. Yeah. So I would I, say that. I love that because we can talk workouts, we can talk calories, we can talk protein, we can talk everything. If whatever you're doing right now, you cannot stick to for the long term, you're basically wasting your time because you're yeah. going to get to the point where you now absolutely hate it, resent the process, and then you end up making a U-turn. Exactly what you said, mm-hmm. CrossFit, some sort of martial art. Like, I did karate for years. Um, absolutely right, loved it. Lived and breathed it for mm-hmm. 12 years and then moved into the gym and, and got into training in the gym. You know, yeah. Martial arts, jiu-jitsu, loads of people are getting into like Brazilian, Brazilian jiu-jitsu and yeah, stuff now. Right. Yoga, um, calisthenics, any sort of conditioning, running, find something you love. Mm, definitely. And if that changes along the way, fine, cool. embrace it. That doesn't matter. Yeah, no, absolutely. They, I think that's, a, that's another absolutely poignant piece to touch on there, that your vision, your goal, the version of you, that you are right now is allowed to change that yeah. is all right and i think so many people get stuck in this root of they create an identity for themselves as the gym goer or the bodybuilder or the person who builds muscle or they put a label on themselves and it keeps them in a lane that they necessarily don't want to be in yeah yeah and i mean willing like... to pull that little label off and say well actually i go at the gym but I really, I really want to try swimming. Go for it. Do you know what I mean? There's, there's, there's no thing in life that says that you have to abide by these rules that we set on ourselves. Of this is a label. That's who you are, and you're allowed to change that. And I, th- I think that's epic. Um, yeah. So Hopefully. just a couple of quick questions. What are you absorbing mm-hmm. right now? What you're learning about from? You know, what are you sort of studying? Yeah, so um, I've always listened to loads of podcasts. Because um, you are a big podcast different... listener, are you? Like, you, you love a good yeah. podcast. Mm, I mean, to be honest, massive, like, I'll go from listening to things. So Joe Rogan, for example, with some scientists really going deep into stuff, I, I can listen to them. Uh, I listen to, like, comedian ones, uh, football ones. I listen to all kinds, even, like, find stuff like ones about 80s movies and all kinds. I'll, I'll listen to a huge amount of stuff, but I'm sort of finding myself moving towards now more educational ones for obviously personal training and stuff. Um, yeah. I know you do a lot of stuff with um, Emma Story Gordon's stuff, don't you? Is it EIG? E- uh, yeah, ESG, uh, yeah. She's yeah, ESG, ESG. And I'm part of yeah, that. Yeah, I, like, yeah. I, I like listening to hers. I find... I do find I have to listen to ones which I'm, I sort of are on my level at. Some some of them, um, I sort of like need to listen to them a few times sometimes. And I find, it's, I wouldn't say dumb and down, but you know when you find one where it's like spoken to at a certain level where you're really able to take the information in? I find, so for example, Emma, I think listening to her stuff's great that way. Um, James Smith, for example, and Dylan, I think, I think they're both brilliant. And... So, so sort of like them, they're the sort of podcasts I'll listen to, uh, you know, maybe just doing stuff around the house and whatnot. But I've also started to, because we've got this challenge coming up, I, I was sitting there the other day, I'm now starting to try and listen to things which are all about like being mentally tough because of how much of a mental challenge this is going to be. So I've actually, you mentioned him before, I've just started listening to Ross Edgley's Art of Resilience. Uh, which is all about is like yeah swimming around the UK and stuff. So yeah. just been listening to I think it was maybe chapter two. He was talking about um, fatigue and it being like muscle fatigue and all this, but also talking about mental fatigue. So I thought the more I can listen to 
for the next few months, which is just going to, when I'm finding times hard during them couple of days, the more I accustom myself to this sort of stuff in my head, I'm just going to find it easy to just switch that state just to, no, come on, just get it, just get it over the line. You, so, you are you are a product of what you absorb. You are yeah. a product of the things that you take in, and if you're putting yourself out there and listening to podcasts, audio books, art resilience, amazing book as well. Um, mm. Just the fact that he did that challenge is absolutely mental. Incredible. But, yeah, but when you when you're putting yourself in those places, when you're surrounding yourself, your environment, because technically that's your environment, that's what you're you're absorbing. Yeah. Um, it levels you up and that's the reality of it uh obviously i'm a, a big fan of podcasts also um yeah. so what right now here's another question for you what is your biggest strength biggest strength um i would i would say if you look at it in two forms i find physically i think my biggest strength is that i'm just I think nowadays I can just really push myself like hugely out of my comfort zone to the point where I mean, it sounds a bit like I'm blowing my own trump, trumpet, but hell, why not? I, I think a lot of people would maybe give up physically and I find I've got this ability to just keep going. Resilience. Um, yeah, that's a good word. We've just been saying that about the book. So yeah, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm sort of competitive, stubborn almost maybe with it where I'll just... You know, you maybe have that that old Goggins thing in your head that says a lot of people give up at forty percent of the body's capacity. I'll keep telling myself that. I'll, I'll keep trying and trying and keep going. So I think physically that's a good one. Um, and then I would say on a mental side, I would probably say like empathy. I think I'm quite um, down to earth and see things from a lot of people's point of view, which is I think works brilliantly with clients. Don't get us wrong. I, I'm able to give people a kick up the ass when they need a kick up the ass, but you know, if if someone's like on the verge of tears, saying I'm really really struggling to get the, you know, just to try and say, look, bigger picture type thing, and just get on their level. So I think them they would be the two. I would say. Yeah, no, that's absolutely fantastic, and also right out. It's not blowing your own trumpet, mate. Like that's genuinely, genuinely how you are, and I can I can vouch yeah. that. I know what you like. There's going to be yeah, people listening to this podcast that doing a month of Murph is, is a big challenge and then doing and just to get through that do you know what I mean that takes a mental amount of resilience um, so yeah. I, I absolutely agree um, what's been your biggest takeaway from the year so far obviously 2022 we're only a month in what's been yeah. the biggest takeaway especially <clears throat> considering it's January 28th we're just about to move into February what's been the biggest takeaway of January Probably Pedro's ten pound special. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, they do fifteen. They do fifteen pound specials these days. But no, um, I didn't prepare that either. They just come me right off the bat. No, <laughs> no, class. Yeah. So uh, biggest take, like you say, there. It's very early on in the year, and there's always that thing in January, isn't there? New Year, new me. I did um, probably several PTs, including myself, have did like posts along them lines, but. I think it was probably the fact that, yeah, it's January and it's all about, you think this is where I'm going to hit the ground running and um, start off afresh and stuff. But again, it's just another day. It's just another month. It's great to use that as a, as a starting point, but I've found that a lot of people have struggled right off the bat this year from the start of the year. And it obviously is probably a lot to do with what's going on until very recently, like last week or so, there's still been a lot of unsurety into how this year was going to pan out or certainly the first few months. You know, it wasn't only that many weeks ago that you've started to hear again about other variants and stuff. So people, I think, were still struggling to find that, <clears throat> excuse me, that focus as in, will I be able to go away this year? Um, will the gym shut again? So I think that probably the biggest takeaway has been that... Yeah, new new year, new me and everything, but, you know, you, you don't know what's around the corner and you've just got to probably take each day as it comes and yeah, and do just, what you can, do your best. Just just, just do the best that you can in the circumstances mm-hmm. that you're in and, and I think that that's huge. And especially around that uncertainty that you've just covered, I've noticed that myself, that level of uncertainty of, like, which, which way is the world going because we don't yeah. know. 
it's almost like, well, how how far ahead do I plan? And mm. and using that, like you said, that new year, new me, great. Use that as a reset. Use that as a, a a start point. Use that as a, you know, this is my goal, my marker almost, and I'm gonna try and progress, and then I'll be able to look back and see how far I've come. But it is literally take a day at a time, and I, I think that links in really well with like people wanting to get started. Just do something today. Just today, yeah. just focus on. Today. Doesn't have to be, doesn't have to be groundbreaking. It literally no. could be just getting out of the house for half an hour and wandering about. It's Go a few steps in that you w- wouldn't have done. Yeah, listen to a podcast, yeah. preferably this yeah. one. I'm not going to lie. Just going to say, <laughs> preferably mine, but yeah, definitely. <laughs> but no. Um, and final question. Yeah. What makes you genuinely happy? What makes me genuinely happy? Do you know, just being around good people, eh? just being around people I can bounce off, have great conversation with people who make me laugh, um, people on that same level. And again, I've mentioned about negativity and positivity. Yeah, like positive people, people who are going to bring you up and not just knock you down or not knock you down, but just speaking in a way that is negative. I like a lot of positivity and... Yeah, all, all that kind of stuff. Just love, love being, love being high on life, and just a bit of enthusiasm for things. Uh, we all have our moments, but the more people you can hang around with and speak to, and having your phone book that you can just drop a text and have a few words with the, of that nature, the better, in my opinion. Awesome. What makes you gen- human connection? And you covered that earlier yeah. on that right. community that you're building with your your PT services, which links in very nicely with. Tell the people what they offer, how, what you offer, how can they get in touch with you, elevate a pitch to them, you know. Yeah, nicely done, Stu. Yeah, so, I, felt, um, I felt like that bit... was a very smooth transition. Yeah, you're getting really good at this. Uh, <laughs> so the, the best way people can get hold of me if they want to is on Instagram, and that will be under at adwilkpt. Uh, if anyone wants to look at say, any of the stuff I put out there, just, just head over there. You can drop me a message if you... For anything, I'll talk to anybody. Eh? If, if it's anybody looking for help, um, just just some ideas, anything at all, I'm happy to engage. Again, like you said there about people, good people, I'm, I'm happy to help people out, which is why I got into this. So, yeah, if anyone wants to head over to Instagram, that's, that's where I put all my stuff, really. Awesome. So, on that note, Adam Wilkinson, PT at Empire Sports Performance Gym in Workington. Go to his page at adwilk. PT, check him out, check out his stuff, drop him a message if you're struggling with anything. And remember, guys, be humble, be curious, be kind. Peace out.